Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, Posey Parker left the country in a huff. Saying she was leaving the worst place for women she has ever visited. She was here for just one day, and now we're all thinking, what just happened? She claimed she is a victim of a campaign to assassinate her character. Her words are blood, because they are killing our people. So that tomato juice represents the blood of the people that she's promoting to kill. Do you regret drawing this much attention to her? No, I don't believe that that was on us. But I do believe Posey Parker should have been given space to speak. She's left us all fighting among ourselves about what we believe in. Well, at the detail, we debated long and hard about how we cover this story because it is so fraught. So these are three voices among the many different takes on the weekend's events, talking about free speech and the culture wars. And we stress these are the speaker's personal opinions. First, Deborah Coddington, former ACT MP and journalist who wrote in support of transgender women. People would argue that this is freedom of speech. I would argue that it's not, that you don't have the right. Freedom of speech does not go so far to encroach on other people's freedom to live their life peacefully and to to harm them with your words. So I would say that it is not freedom of speech. And I would say that the people who are who are shouting her down and stopped her, that was correction of speech because what she is saying is factually incorrect. What she is putting out is not right. Because normally, would you call yourself a proponent of free speech? No, no. I think free speech is precious, but we should not abuse it and we should not take it for granted. And I would say that people who support her and the Freedom of Speech Association, whatever they call themselves in New Zealand, I don't think they understand that free speech does have its limits. It doesn't mean that you can use it to destroy people's lives just because you don't like what they are. So you believe that she shouldn't have been allowed into the country? I don't think she should have. That doesn't mean to say that I disagree with Gendel's, Judge Gendel's decision. The High Court has ruled against the Rainbow Community's bid to stop British anti-transgender activist Posey Parker into the country. It was so close to her, her being here that... Uh, legally, I can see why he arrived at the decision he did. I just say that I think coming to New Zealand is a privilege, not a right. What do you make of what happened on Saturday? I admit that leading up to it, I was torn. Part of me thought, why don't we just ignore her? And the other part of me thought, no, we have to stand up for these people because this is just straight out bigotry. You know, in the 1920s, women were writing letters to the paper complaining that Maori women and children were using women's public toilets and this should be banned. This is exactly the same thing, except that they're saying transgender women are using the toilets and it's making women unsafe. Transgender women are women. It's none of anyone else's business to say that they are men. They are women. And it's cruel and it's nasty and it's hideous to say otherwise. So this is not new, this bigotry. We've had it before. 
Now, just to show how complex and divided this has become, a former fellow ACT MP, Stephen Franks, is all for letting Posey Parker have her say. He's a member of the Free Speech Union and a lawyer. To be honest, I I had tears in my eyes as I was reading some of the anguished accounts by some of the women who who were confronted with it. it. It's not that unexpected to me. I was a, a student radical deeply in the left in the 70s. I, I went off to China during the Cultural Revolution. The intensity of emotion around politics doesn't surprise me, but I, I really felt for the people who are coming to where we are now. They've believed for so long and and things that we've had for so long. You know, we've had a hundred years of of relative civil peace and certainly bipartisan support for freedom of speech, and and it's all just dissolved in in the space of, a, of three or four years or five years. Stephen, just for the record, do you agree with anything she says? I don't really know what she says. I mean, I've only read a pretty strident accounts or allegations of what she said, but. Um, I was going to go on, if it had got here on Sunday, I was going to go because I wanted to know. Um, it, it seemed to me from the, the snippets I'd seen that she was saying pretty much what my daughters would say. Um, they've all been very competitive sports people and they're really appalled at what transgender athletes are doing to sport. I'd have been curious about that. My interest in this is about free speech and the legitimisation by essentially government whipping up hatred of people who, who contest current replacement for religion. That, that, that's my interest in it. Okay. Unless someone's inciting violence, I'm all for free speech. It doesn't matter what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from people I detest. How are they persuading people? Where, where's the reason or is, is there none? I need to know that. I don't want it all to be translated through a media I no longer have any confidence in at all. I mean, I'll I just use the example that Radio New Zealand, which was never off in our, in our house, is now never on. And that's just because I don't believe it any longer. I, I think I'm just getting deadlines. And I, I look at the headline about Posey Parker, and it's a group backing Posey Parker making complaint over, quote, lack of intervention, end quote, by police. That apparently, when I read the story, refers to the Free Speech Union, which doesn't back Posey Parker. We back free speech, the rights of her and those who oppose her to be free without coercion or violence to speak and argue. Mm. But Radio New Zealand, the state um, main broadcasting agency, decides to spin it. So just to be clear, Stephen, you are part of the Free Speech Union. And so, in fact, in many ways, you agree with Martin Bradbury, who's the left-wing commentator, some call him Bomber Bradbury, who said in um, an article he wrote, he says, even though Posey Parker may be a toxic hate troll anger grifter, she has the right to free speech. This is a liberal, progressive democracy. And while I certainly think Posey Parker is a bad faith actor, she has the right to speak. Equally, however, we all have the right to protest her and challenge her. Yeah, the, the right to speak and the right to protest, absolutely. Um, on the other stuff, he's, he's, he may know more about her. The left used to be champions for free speech. We depended on it when we opposed the Vietnam War and many campaigns that were highly unpopular. But the contempt for trying to draw people together was evident last year when 
120 MPs barricaded themselves in their fortress or in their tower and, and looked down on the hoi polloi on the parliamentary lawn. But Stephen, is, is Posey Parker coming to New Zealand to speak at an event, is this really trying to draw people together? She's, that's not her job. It's the politician's job. It's the leader's job. It's, she's there, I'm guessing, she and the women who wanted to bring her here were doing it because they feel they've had no voice. I would say that she is an inflammatory person. She's a provocateur. Juliet Moses is a lawyer and a Jewish community leader. She calls herself a mother. She doesn't call herself a feminist. I don't think she calls herself gender critical. She's from a working class background, so she's, I think, trying to communicate issues in a way that perhaps the, you know, the average person can understand rather than an academic term. When I uh, approached you to talk about this, you weren't actually that keen or you you kind of got cold feet Mm. about it. Can I ask you why? Because I I was worried about sticking my uh, head above the parapet and I have stuck my head above the parapet on other matters and sometimes had bad fallout from it and it does leave you scarred. Mm. And I thought, oh, there's plenty of other people who can talk about it. And then I thought to myself, but that's been cowardly. And I can't complain and say there needs to be balanced, moderate discussion and dialogue if I'm not willing to play that part myself. Do you believe that she should have been allowed into the country? Yes, I do believe she should have been allowed into the country. I also think, however, it's a shame that she was ever even a thing and, and wanted to come here. But given that she did want to come here, I think it was the right decision to let her in. Is that hard for you to say, Juliet, given that you are part of the Jewish community and that she is associated with neo-Nazis? Mm. Well, firstly, in terms of her being associated with neo-Nazis, I, you know, obviously there were the neo-Nazis in, in Melbourne and that was extremely chilling. She has tried to kind of disavow those people and say that she had nothing to do with them. She has also appeared on some far-right platforms I'm not a big fan of the guilt by association argument. I do, however, think that tactically it's not a very clever thing to do if if you're wanting to claim the, the moral high ground in some kind of way. And you will naturally be, be tarred by that association, whether you like it or not. As a member of the Jewish community, I have to say there are people who come here and speak. There's been someone recently who came who I profoundly disagree with and I think indulges in what I would call anti-Semitism. There's someone who just spoke recently who's on record as saying he's very proudly a supporter of Hamas and Hezbollah, for example. We ignored that person coming in here. We did nothing about it. So we do often, as a community, have people coming here who we would really prefer would rather not. And it's always a judgment call about what to do in that situation. But my view is that generally um, it is better to let people in and have their say as uncomfortable um, as it might be than not let them in because I think often the consequences are worse if you don't let them in. What do you mean by that? Well, I think if you, in quotation marks, ban somebody, I think firstly it can give them a lot more attention than they might get 
otherwise. What we saw with the Southern and Molyneux situation a couple of years ago. You may remember the provocative Canadian speakers Lauren Southern and Stefan Molyneux. The High Court has previously upheld a decision to cancel their booking at the Bruce Mason Centre in 2018 for speaking events. Venues said, right, we won't have them speaking here. That really, I think, galvanised um, some far-right elements. And I guess the point I'm making is that if you ban someone, there are all these longer-term implications. If we'd ignored the apartheid in South Africa and not had the protests against the Springbok tour, I wonder if that we would have not made a difference to what happened there. I think protest is a very, very good way to send a message that we do not like these sort of people spouting their hatred and their bigotry. So you have no sympathy for the women's rights group that says that they feel threatened by transgender women? Well, for a start, that's Orwellian doublespeak, isn't it? Women's rights groups. What what sort of name is that? But we'll let that one go all the way to the wicket. <laughs> um, I do have sympathy with for them because I think they're misinformed and I think they need to read a lot more about what the situation is. And I do think that they need to walk in the shoes of some of these transgender women and just think about a lot of the difficulties that, that, that they face. Do you think that it would have been better if there was less argy-bargy at the protest? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I see that there's a lot of complaints going in, into the police, but I think, you know, Posey Parker came here. This is her modus operandi. If you see what's happened in the States, the same thing has happened in, in Chicago and Texas. She's uh, arrived with security. She's cancelled meetings. This is a pattern. She's a very, very good PR operator. Um, it's not just happened in New Zealand. This happened with, again, I go back to Springbok tour protests, anti-Vietnam protests. People got arrested, thrown in the back of paddy wagons. This was actually a tame protest compared with a lot of those. Part of the reason we're getting so much street activity is the politicians have opted out. There's a whole whole set of debates where ordinary New Zealanders are simply not seeing their views represented in politics. Winston Peters has, has got a leave pass to do it, again partly because of the strangeness that, that a race tension creates in New Zealand, but Winston can say stuff that other people get shut down for, but he's speaking for a huge proportion of New Zealanders. I find it interesting that a former fellow ACT MP, Deborah Coddington, actually says this isn't free speech, allowing Posey Parker to speak. This isn't free speech. She says it's bigotry. It destroys people's lives. It encroaches on other people's freedom to live their life peacefully. I've no idea how she reasons that, or she maybe she knows what Posey says, and the free speech definitions have been honed for several hundred years and if, if someone is is expressing their distaste for you and your way of life and claiming that you're lying or claiming that uh, men can't become women, that's all well within the bounds of free speech as long as they're not inciting violence against you. There's never been a question about that. 
So I regard that as the sort of flakiness that comes from people who desperately uh, want to stay within their tribe, their sort of the liberal political elite tribe. How does this play into culture wars? Can you explain to me what culture wars means? It's There are a whole, whole range of ways of describing the same thing. It's people tribalising, finding reasons to uh, detest each other and to dismiss each other and to say there are no bottom lines when someone's a, a, an outsider. Our normal courtesies, our normal tolerance uh, doesn't have to be applied when someone's in the wrong culture. And I came to describe something that has become um, very dominant, a whole lot of language you're not allowed to use, words that put you on the wrong side of a boundary, Then, and once you're on the wrong side, anything goes in terms of the punishment that can be inflicted on you. Can we avoid what is happening in the US and the UK, or is it all too late for us here? One never knows how things are going to end up. I think we have avoided it by the enormous good luck of having in uh, Helen Clark a very experienced politician who understood the dynamics that get out of control in a society. But then we had John Key, and John Key's personality meant he couldn't be demonised in the same way that the left was demonising right-wing politicians in Canada and Australia and the UK. And so we had a, a, a period where it seemed we were immune to the culture wars. Try as they might, it was only a small group that could end up hating them, even if they disagreed with them. And then we had that luck continue with Jacinda Ardern until her last year of her, her, her period, her rule. Where again, she was plainly a likeable person, and it didn't matter how much right-wing activists and politicians wanted us to hate her, we didn't. But I'm afraid we, our luck's run out, and I, I can't see someone who can bring it together. An event in Auckland has been cancelled. The anti-co-governance roadshow has hit another speed bump with Auckland Council cancelling the booking for tonight's venue. And that was to be followed by the pro-co-governance group. It's now been scrapped. It comes after police had to separate protesters and attendees at the Orewa event earlier this month. Is that what we're facing now, that there's not going to be any kind of events? That's the concern. It's the, you know, what what is called the, the thugs veto. And again, my concern is that if we can't have these kind of discussions, and I I don't even know if the right term is civil dialogue, perhaps sometimes it's uncivil dialogue, but dialogue, if we can't have that, it plays into the hands of the extremists on all sides. And I, I really don't think that is a healthy place for us to be as a society. And I suppose that more than anything is where I come from, is we've seen what happens overseas and we've seen fragmentation and a lack of social cohesion and I, I'm really concerned that that's where we are heading if we're not there already because Saturday would suggest that we are there. And so if you feel that you can't talk about issues and you've lost a voice and you're being marginalised, that's the risk that you end up resorting to more and more sort of extreme means of things or joining up with extremist groups. That could happen on both sides of this thing if people feel that they're not being heard, including transgender people. 
and that's also the women, but not just the women, who who have real concerns about uh, gender ideology. Thugs veto. Mm. So that is essentially when you have people making threats about speeches going on, events going on, just as you, you mentioned with the anti-co-governance people. And through making their threats and their intimidation, they get events cancelled. I know that in this, you have been labelled a turf. Mm -hmm. Do you have much hope that we can move in a more positive direction? (sighs) I felt pretty despairing after the weekend, to be honest. The problem is, it's, it's the fringe voices that have sometimes the most extreme views that are the loudest and therefore get the most attention. And that just polarises everything so much more. The moderate voices really have to be heard. I don't know quite how we do that. You know, I I hate labels. There's been a lot of talk about people being, not just the neo-Nazis who are in Melbourne and possibly the few far-right people who were there on Saturday, but that the women, or the TERFs in quotation marks, uh, were Nazis who were speaking. You know, labels like that really do not help. And calling me a TERF because my main concern is simply that we have to be able to talk about this stuff, that doesn't make me a TERF. And so I, I really think the more we can avoid labels and actually just stick to discussing ideas and beliefs and clashes of rights and concerns, the better. The better we'll all be off. Does the media play a huge responsibility in this? I think so. Yes, it does. There is obviously a huge amount of distrust in the media at the moment because people feel that their ways of looking at things are not being reflected in the media and the media is being far too activist and telling them what to think rather than presenting them with the facts and letting them make up their own minds. Parliamentarians certainly have a role to play as well in in setting the right tone. Groups and society, I guess schools, I think as well, it's Mm. very important. We have to be very careful that we don't venture too far into social engineering, if you like. But I do think it is hugely important to teach children about critical thinking. Do you think people... Are any better informed after this weekend? I think they'll be better informed after the weekend about the fact that this is an extremely divisive, contentious issue. Will they be better acquainted with the uh, the arguments on either side? No, probably not, because there never really was a debate or a discussion about it. I I guess if they've listened to the media um, and some of the, the views for and against whatever maybe that will have given them a bit of a a better view on things but not from the event itself that happened I would encourage people who think that the dousing of the tomato juice on Posey Parker and the treatment of her and her supporters people who are celebrating that and treating it as a win, something that I try and apply as the shoe on the other foot test. If you think it's a good thing that um, somebody has basically through intimidation and violence been sent packing, fearing for her life, 
this could very easily be you or one of your friends or loved ones who's in that situation at some point, and then you might look at it very differently. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Deborah Coddington, Stephen Franks and Juliet Moses. Kakite anō.